shifting sands in Louisville's healthcare scene this week. We'll talk about that next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Cawthon. Hi there. And Shay Van Hoy. Hey, everybody. And new to the show, Laurel Deppin. Hi there. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions about what's going on in Louisville, Kentucky. And first, I want to introduce Laurel. Uh, Laurel, uh, you're new here at uh, Louisville Business First. So when did you start and uh, where did you come in from? Well, hi. Um, obviously, as you said, my name's Laurel Deppin. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky originally. I started at Louisville Business First just last week. Um, prior to that, I was a college student at Western Kentucky University. Go Hilltoppers. I'm sure some Hilltopper fans are listening. Um, and yeah. I've had um, internships at uh, different tech and business publications, Tech Republic and GeekWire. Um, and I've also done some local newspapers. I was an intern at the Courier Journal and the Charlotte Observer. All right. Well, I think we're popular with media types uh, here in town. <laughs> so, and marketing types. And so, there's a lot of Western grads. I think that uh, that uh, uh, listen to our show. Millions and millions of them, I'm sure. Uh, to start out this week, I teased it in the intro. We're going to start talking about healthcare. So, Laurel, let's get started here. What uh, what is Scion Health? So Scion Health is a new healthcare company that's going to be headquartered in Louisville. Um, it has yet to launch. It's going to launch probably at the end of the year. Um, this is dependent on uh, LifePoint Health's acquisition of Kindred Healthcare. Um, so in June, LifePoint, which is based in Brentwood, Tennessee, announced that it was going to its intention to mm -hmm. acquire um, Kindred Healthcare. They have about a thousand employees in the Louisville area. All right, and I, as if I understand this right, so Cyan Health is going to be like kind of a combination of some of the assets of Kindred and some of the assets of LifePoint, right? Yes. And life, there are some kindred facilities that are going to um, merge into LifePoint that will still operate under the LifePoint name. Right. So uh, yeah, LifePoint obviously um, has a lot of different divisions and uh, you know, it's these two companies are coming together. It was a huge deal when it was reported in June. Um, I don't know that we talked about it too much on this show, but uh Shay, I guess, can you just give us a sense of, you know, how big of a player Kindred is here in the local healthcare scene and, uh, you know, to have it involved in this big deal? I mean, what's the magnitude of that? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you start down the list of healthcare companies in Louisville, you know, the obvious one that you start with is Humana. Um, but probably next you get to Kindred or, or maybe Brightspring in terms of kind of clout and name recognition. Uh, Kindred, of course, was publicly traded at one point, um, and then really at, at kind of at that point, at the point of the uh, acquisition when it was taken private by by Humana Inc. and some private equity firms, um, you know, they were revenues were about seven and a half billion at that time. They had more than a hundred thousand employees, and then they've kind of been slicing this off in spinoffs. So, you know, Kindred at Home is now wholly owned by Humana. Mm -hmm. um, Kindred has kind of laser focused its 
efforts on acute care and, and rehab hosp- like actual hospitals. So um, they've kind of downsized over the years, but still, uh, you know, uh, obviously too, another thing, just real estate wise, they built built on and expanded their nice headquarters on at fourth and Broadway. And they mm-hmm. also have some tenants in there, you know, Doe Anderson moved their headquarters in there. So they're also a real estate factor to this as well. Yeah. And the other news in this is uh, that is about Ben Breyer. Uh, ben Breyer is the, his title CEO of Kindred, right? And he's yep. going to be moving, uh, he's moving on. He's leaving this combined company. He's not going to be a part of it. Uh, so Shade, you know, how big of a, He's a pretty big ambassador for the healthcare scene here in town, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And he's one of the more visible and um, I, I would say accessible uh, CEOs in town, especially for our larger companies. Um, you know, we we speak with him, you know, for interviews on a regular basis. That's not the case with every CEO in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's um, he's definitely influential, not just in Louisville. Uh, you know, he's and he's not he didn't grow up here. He grew up in Pennsylvania, but he's made Louisville his home. And he he talked about this at our our uh, uh, 40 under 40 awards, we, we named him a 40 under 40 hall of famer this year. And he talked about just, you know, how, you know, how much he and his wife and kids love Louisville and, uh, and, and kind of had been talking earlier this year about uh, hinting that he probably wasn't going to be in the CEO role past 2025. Uh, This happened obviously a lot quicker than that, but uh, modern healthcare has named him one of the most 100 influential people in healthcare three times, um, you know, he was a 40 under 40, like I said, 40 under 40 Hall of Famer. He was on our mm-hmm. inaugural Power 50 list last year. So, um, again, like if you start down the list of huge healthcare companies, you get to Kindred pretty fast. If you start down the list of in- influential CEOs in the city, you get to to Ben Breyer pretty fast, too. Right. And uh, I don't know if did you mention healthcare CEO council? Uh, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. He's part of that as well. So uh, that group is trying to steer uh, kind of Louisville strategy on building its healthcare sector. So I think that brings me to my next question. Uh, Shay, I'll go to you on this one too. And then Haley and uh, Laurel can chime in as well. Um, Louisville has been positioning itself as the home of the aging, uh, excuse me, the home of aging care innovation. Is that, is that label sticking you think? And, and is it a good selling point for Louisville? Uh, yeah, we were talking about like the world, not like the aging care capital of Kentucky. Like they're, they're right. kind of brought they're trying, it out. <laughs> you think, yeah. you know, manufacturing, you think Germany, you think aging care innovation, you think Louisville. I think that's what they're going for anyway, you know? Okay. Uh, so, so you think that's, uh, that's a good label for the city. If I think Germany, I think Sauerbrunn, but that's a different, that's, <laughs> that's, a, different a, that's a different podcast. We'll, we'll, get, I think. we'll get to food later. But, um, <laughs> I think, so I think that. I think the push is a good, a good thing to hang your hat on because um, Americans and others are getting older. They're living longer. You know, baby boomers are retiring. Now they're looking at living another 25 years versus, you know, 30 years ago, they might live another like two months or whatever when you got off the factory line and then you just crumbled. So um, I, so I think it's a, I think it's a dad at work back then. Um, But you know, We've, we talk about this when writing headlines. Uh, you know, there's definitely art to writing headlines and senior care or aging care is not a good term to put in a headline uh, right. just because it's kind of like, oh man, is this kind of be a depressing subject? But so maybe the, maybe we need to work on the marketing a little bit, but um, I think the focus of using uh, the assets we have to build an industry around something that is going to be vitally needed is, is a good path. 
Right. And Laurel, I know you're covering this, so you don't want to give too much for your opinion here, but uh, you know, what did you think of that when you, you first started this job, you heard that Louisville was uh, pursuing this title. What, how did, I guess, how did that strike you? Well, when I first heard it, I thought that it was, you know, newsworthy that the city leader said something as like grandiose as Louisville is the world's, um, you know, capital Mm -hmm. for health and aging care. Um, And then I think Shay was like, oh, yeah, you'll hear that a lot. They say that. Yeah. Uh, so, true. you know, I, I did grow up in Louisville, but I have spent the past like four years not living in Louisville. So that um, that term hadn't hadn't reached me yet. Um, but I mean, I mean, cert- like certainly there's a lot of innovation going on because, mm-hmm. you know, we're covering it. Yeah. And, and as Shay said, um, there are there's an aging population out there. Uh, so you so you would think this is a, an important um, uh, industry to be chasing you that, that some, some place would want to be the home of this. Um, it is a bit depressing to think about old age and senior care and that sort of thing. And it's maybe not the snazziest like, uh, uh, topic, like you say, Silicon Valley is the home of software innovation. That's a bit, you know, like flashier than being the home of aging care innovation. <laughs> so I don't know. I think, Shay, you're probably right about the, the branding effort that has to take place. I mean, Kentucky is the home of bourbon. And I think that's uh, like a, uh, a sexy thing to, you know, brag about Kentucky. So I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, an, it's, a hard, it's a hard one to get people excited about, I think, as far as, you know, getting people to read stories about it which is what we're, you know, continually trying to do. Uh, we will switch gears here uh, and go to Haley, uh, who's going to talk about a story she just did on J.K. McKnight. Um, first of all, Haley, you know, a lot of people probably know J.K. McKnight, but uh, I guess uh, explain who, his background and, and what's he doing now. Yeah, J.K. McKnight is the founder and captain of Forecastle Festival. I like captain as an official title. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a new venture, and it's an experiential agency, which builds off of an agency that he started back in 2018 called Man of the Land, um, which is all about kind of um, uh, philan- philanthropic and uh, social impact um, connections between um, companies and nonprofits. So um, his, his new venture is called Art of Impact um, and it kind of builds off his initial premise that he started out with in 2018, but it takes him back to his roots of festivals um, and he's going to be doing festival consulting through um, Art of Impact to grow um, an experiential marketing platform essentially. Let me tell you, say this about JK. He is good at names, you know, when it comes to like forecastle, man of the land, art of impact. Uh, I guess, it, does that how, I guess, working on festivals, is that how he defines it as experiential, like those festival experiences? And Right. So uh, the, the difference between experiential marketing and like traditional marketing is experiential is based on just like the name says experiences right. within and of themselves. And um brands and agencies are using activations in those specific venues like festivals um, to engage with um, younger audiences, um, particularly Gen Z and to a lesser extent millennials who aren't being reached by traditional like digital advertising or 
print or TV advertising the way older generations um, have been reached in the past. Older generations like me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the target market you said was, uh, was younger people, so Gen Z um, and, and probably whatever is after Gen Z. Uh, and, and with festivals, we saw a lot of growth over the last decade where it seemed like every city had this big signature music festivals. Do you guys see those declining now that, you know, in the post COVID era, or do you still think that those are going to continue to grow? I mean, we're all kind of, we've all been to festivals and we're music fans here. So I'll, I'll let anyone who wants to jump in on this one. I'll, uh, I'll jump in first, just by uh, sharing what JK thinks. <laughs> a festival sure. Event. Yeah. He thinks that there's a um, pent up demand for, festivals and these kinds of experiences um, post-COVID, even though we're still in COVID right now. Um, but he thinks that, um, right, he thinks that people <laughs> are just, you know, chomping at the bit to get out there and be in a crowd of 200,000 people. <laughs> um, I forget how many folks went to Louder Than Life, but I remember seeing photos of the crowd and just being like, oh, those things still happen now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but he seems to think they'll come back in a big way. I don't know how much like how many new festivals we'll see crop up. Um, but I kind of agree with the sentiment that people are ready to get back out to festivals that have been around for quite some time. Yeah, seems like it. I mean, with for um, with louder than life and uh, what was the big one right before that in Chicago? Lollapalooza. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it does seem like it. Uh, Shay, uh, Laurel, any anything to add on that? I, uh, well, you know, I, I haven't been to a festival since, uh, since COVID not, I wanted to go to shaky knees in Atlanta, but I, then I just didn't pull the trigger. Uh, but, um, you know, Allison, our data and projects editor covered louder than life for, for us. And I think there were, I think with well, the total was like 160,000 over the, the several days, yeah. but, um, yeah. I, I see it as something that just is going to continue. I think, um, you know, it's a way for bands to get experience in front of audiences that they wouldn't otherwise, um, you know, they can, they can frame these around their own tour. So, you know, they go play a club for a couple nights and then they in like, you know, Lexington and Cincinnati, and then they roll into Louisville and play Forecastle, And then the next night they're playing a club somewhere else. So um, I think it just kind of fits into that summer travel scene. And it, like you said, you know, you, um, people go to these festivals for the music, but for other reasons as well. Uh, you know, that was kind of the impetus behind bourbon and beyond, which, uh, you know, did not uh, happen this year, but people, you know, some people go for the bourbon experience and not so much the music. So, yeah, Shay, you mentioned Allison went to louder than life. And I think, you know, a big part of our story, which I'll link to for this podcast was just how kind of, it was like thrilling for her to be back out, you know, in the, in the big crowd. So, um, so I think that is, uh, something to, uh, to think about, you know, just, I, I went to a couple sports events, but, uh, didn't go to any festivals and, uh, it was nice to be, be back out there and just kind of like get that, uh, the, get the pandemic off your mind for a, a little while to focus on something else. Um, all right, well, we'll switch gears here. I'm just going to throw, I'm going to tag on as I always do tag on some, some little bit of food news here. Uh, we had a couple of big announcements about if you're into fast food hamburgers, let me tell you, you've had a good week. Um, uh, we reported earlier this week that Freddy's uh, frozen custard and steak burgers 
is coming to the Louisville area. It's opening. Uh, it, I think it has opened one location in Shepherdsville. And then as I was writing about that location, I noticed that the uh, that there's another location coming soon to Middletown here in Jefferson County. And we posted the story about it. They don't have a date for the Middletown location just yet. But uh, last night on our Facebook page, the electrician working on the Middletown location chimed in to say he's getting close. It's almost done. So uh, so that should be coming soon to to uh, the Jefferson County and Middletown, the new Freddy's locations. And then Shay um, reported last week, uh, just uh, found the this news release that Jack in the Box is also coming to town. So where's Jack in the Box? I can't remember that one. Uh, they hadn't said the location yet, right, Shay? Right. Yeah, so this became a, uh, <laughs> it was funny, it, it, to show how much people pay attention to these things, um, I went to the barbershop to get my haircut, Beards and Beers downtown, it was the first time I'd been there last night, or yesterday afternoon, and uh, when I told the guy I worked at Business First, he's like, ah, oh, Freddy's is coming, <laughs> and then and then the other barber next to him is like, I told you that dumbass and then the other guy was like oh but you didn't tell me where it was going and they were like arguing about the freddies and then uh and and then i mentioned jack in the box and it so like 15 minutes of my haircut was talking about fast food burgers but um yeah jack in the box hasn't has not said where they're going yet and that's you know they're freddies freddies locations that are fairly close but uh jack in the box would be kind of a, a leaping into the market all right um yes yeah, so, like i hadn't tried freddies I, I like thin burgers and I, and I, I've been informed they have nice, like thin, like patty melt kind of burgers. Should we be excited about Freddy's? <laughs> Laurel, I'm going to go to you on this one because they have one in Bowling Green, right? They do have one in Bowling Green. And I have many fond memories of getting a chocolate milkshake after a hard day in the Freddy's drive-through. Um, however, I can't comment on the hamburgers because I always went for shakes and fries. Yeah. Um, but Jake's no fries. Yeah. That's uh those go, those go very well together. So right, no, exactly. no judgment here. Yes. No, Freddy's is really a treasure. So I was very, very excited to find out that they're coming to the area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about it too. I, you know, one thing that gives me a little pause is I was looking through like our archives of Freddy's just to find a photo and I found one out of uh, Kansas, which is where this chain is based. And it said, and it was only from a few years ago, and it said, Freddy's has 90 locations. Well, today, Freddy's has 450 locations. And, I, and I'm like, wow, that grew fast. Uh, it's owned by a private equity firm. So I'm kind of like, um, I hope this is good. But I'm glad to hear that, uh, you know, that, that you, you liked it because sometimes, you know, when it grows too fast, you get a little pause there because you're like, um, oh, are they doing things right? So hopefully they are. Um, Jack in the Box, though. Uh, I actually haven't tried Jack in the Box. I'm Shay. You seem to be the uh, the the leading expert on Jack in the Box. Uh, so is that something we should be excited about? Um, in in the same way that to me that you would get if you were in a market that didn't have a White Castle and White Castle came, or mm -hmm. uh, if Taco Bell was new to you, it's sort of a I don't know. I've been I've been once or twice, and uh, I used to. I used to live in Arkansas. And so the like the farthest one East I would stop at a couple of times, it was somewhere in Illinois or Missouri. Um, but they have a weird menu. So it's like burgers, but then they have these tacos that are like fanatic. People are fanatical about them, even though they're kind of like 
meant to be like trash tacos. Right. There's there are articles that have been written about these tacos if you want to go find them. They also have curly fries, which is a big bonus. Yeah. Um. Uh. In my in my book. Um. And then they have a really creepy mascot whose name is Jack Box, and yeah, he has a round head. And then now in the World Series, this crypto company has a very similar mascot with a round head, except for he doesn't have a dunce cap on. And people are like, "Why is Jack Box now doing crypto at the World <laughs> Series?" Um. But um. It's yeah. It's sort of a I don't know. It's like a mishmash. But um. They also used to have really uh they used to have really funny commercials that I would see watching out of market sporting events. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, now their commercials are just back to being the weird Jackbox guy. And he's uh, sort of frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Good, bad burgers. I think that's what I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think of it. I don't know. They used to have sliders. They did for a while. I don't think they anymore. And that's what I tried and they were fine. And their yeah. curly fries were really good, but I haven't had one of the magical tacos yet. What's the best fast food hamburger? I have a weird opinion on this and I'll, so I'll wait. Someone else can go before me. <laughs> well, I, I also have to excuse myself from this conversation because I've never had a Whopper. I've never had a Big Mac. I've never had like a char burger or Good for you. <laughs> uh, I've never, I've never been a huge, like you've made red... responsible decisions. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't eat fast food. I mean, catch me at KFC getting a famous bowl, like <laughs> once a month, <laughs> um, <laughs> but oh, you're the one. <laughs> Yeah, it's me. You keep the um, famous bowl alive. Yeah, I keep the famous bowl alive single-handedly. Um, but I've, I've never been like a huge burger person. Like I never just inherently crave a burger. So um, yeah. I, I I vote no contest. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, when... I... Go, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not like really an expert on this topic because every time I go to a fast food restaurant, I will always opt for the chicken nuggets usually. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I want a hamburger, I'm going to go to like a hamburger restaurant for a really good like, hamburger. Like I mean, I've tried. Bar or something. Right, right. I mean, I've tried like, you know, the, the In-N-Out burger just because, you know, it's In-N-Out burger, but like I, I can't really compare. Yeah. Um, Shay, give, give us your weird take on this. Uh, so, well, I think they're different. We, we're talking about different levels here. If we're talking about like real fast food, like old school fast food, like McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, and then five guys and in and out and Whataburger. I've had in and out too. I was underwhelmed. I thought it was fine. Um, I'm a big Whataburger fan. Um, so whenever I go to, they're, they're creeping up into like Nashville now, but whenever I go to Texas, um, got to go to Whataburger and they're 20, I think they're 24 seven. That also is a bonus. Uh, but my, uh, this is probably wildly unpopular, but my favorite, just like actual fast food burger is just like a cheeseburger from not a Whopper cheeseburger from Burger King. I think they're the best, like blows McDonald's. Wendy's are pretty good too, but that's my, that's my road. That, Actually that, that's the flame my, broiling makes a difference. There you go. There you go. And Dairy Queen kind of does the same thing, but that's kind of my road trip food. Uh, although I will, uh, say that I love uh, nuggets, nuggets as well. So yeah. McDonald's hot mustard sauce, the goat. Yeah. The good thing about nuggets on a road trip is you, it's easier to eat something like chicken nuggets, you know, than it would be like. Big unless, you're, unless you're trying to dip. Um, I've seen those like car cup holders that like have dip holders now. I'm like, Oh no. I, I don't know if this is the type of innovation we need, but here it is. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's probably not a good sign for our nation. <laughs> reminds me when I was, uh, I've told this story before, I, maybe even on the podcast, but it's so awesome that uh, when I used to work in downtown Jeffersonville, I was walking down Spring Street one day 
and a guy a guy was driving his car while eating a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> Yeah, I, I recall this story. Yeah, I mean that's some that's some talent. Like it's not a burger, it's not you know even a burrito or taco is kind of hard. It's hard but... to eat spaghetti sitting still. Yeah. <laughs> was it was it a plate or was it in a bowl? Yeah, I think it was a plate. It was like I could see it, it was like holding it up, like doing this and like twirling the fork and everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. This is this is kind of off topic, but one time I was I was shopping for wedding cakes back when I was getting married and I went to Adrian's and it was back when I used to ride my bike to work every day. And they said, come by, we'll give you a sample of the cake. And I thought I was going to get like a piece of cake and I would just easily, you know, try that cake at my desk or whatever. They give me like a whole cake and I had to take it home in my backpack, (laughs) like on my bike. (laughs) So like I rode all the way from Jeffersonville to the Highlands in Louisville uh, with a a cake in my, uh, in my backpack but i wrapped it up real tight and it was fine and and excellent cake i can't remember um i don't think we went with adrian's but we did we did appreciate them giving us that sample cake i figured you just use that cake yeah that was <laughs> yeah the backpack uh bike ride cake yeah that would have been rude uh all right well i think we will wrap it up there um uh, that that's all we have for you this week, but we'll go around the room so you guys can share your social media handles uh, so you can, uh, you know, get what's on social media and tell us, you know, the best fast food burger or what Louisville should be marketing itself as. Uh, Haley, I'll start with you. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BFLouHaley or on LinkedIn under my name, Haley Coffin. All right, Shay, where can people find you? Uh, primarily on Twitter, it's just at my name at Shay Van Hoy, uh, and also on LinkedIn, I post try to post a lot of our content uh, there uh, since that's a big part of our audience on LinkedIn. All right, Laurel, where can people find you? I am also on both Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, BF Lou Laurel is the new Twitter account I've recently inherited, and I'm just Laurel Deppin on LinkedIn. All right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under the name dman3001. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. If you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Laurel, Haley, and Shay. Thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See y'all.